of a relationship is for the man and the woman to know whoever's in this relationship, this, this guy, this girl, to know God and serve him better, right? That's the whole point of it. That's why it exists. That's why God created in the first place when we looked at that in Genesis 2, right? Adam and Eve, that was why he started relationships. So then last week we talked about the roles of a man and a woman in a relationship, husband, wife from Ephesians 5. And this is the gist of that is the role of a man to love sacrificing, being willing to give up everything for the woman that he loves, right? It's like the the dude in the movie, right? He's willing to give up anything, take a bullet for his woman, give up everything, even the last bit of ice cream in the ice cream container, like anything, he's willing to give it up for her. And so if you wanted to boil that down to maybe one word that really helps a guy do that is humility, A guy needs to be humble in order to do that well. There's a lot of other things that play into it, but humility is one big thing. Um, And then we talked about the role of a woman. And the role of a woman is to respect slash trust the man that she loves. Which is, is funny because her role feeds into something a guy could struggle with, which is pride. A guy could think he's bad to the bone. And a woman is supposed to be able to respect him. And to trust him. Um, And so if he loves the way he's supposed to love her, that's a lot easier to do, right? If the guy's willing to give up everything for her and and do anything for her, it's a lot easier to trust and respect him, right? But if he's prideful and he's this like arrogant dude thinking he's better than you, it's really hard to do what you need to do as far as trust and, and, and respect him if he's that way. And so one thing that can really help a, a lady, and this, this, this word applies to guys as well, but one thing that can really help a lady is to have faith. Faith in God that he's in control, number one, to not struggle with maybe worrying about certain things to enable them to trust whoever it is they're in a relationship with. And, and specifically, these roles are for a husband and a wife, right? So this isn't, this isn't necessarily if you're just dating somebody. So if you're dating a guy and he's not worthy of this respect and trust, guess what a good idea it might be to, to do? Drop him like a bad habit. Get out of there. Because you ain't married to him. Guys, if you're in a relationship with a girl and you don't want to sacrifice anything for her because she is just annoying every bit of who you are all the time, guess what you could totally do? Dump her. Get out of it. Don't be in it. The whole point of a dating relationship is that you have not made a lifelong commitment. Dating is meant to lead to that. So you're figuring it out. You're figuring out what kind of person God is leading you towards in the dating, the whole dating experience, which is why we say don't date in middle school. I've said that before. I just want to reiterate really quick. Just throw that back out there. Um, Okay, so that's where we've been. That's what we've talked about. But this is where we're going to go tonight, okay? And it's answering this question. We we talked about what a relationship's for, why it exists, and we talked about the roles. But how are we going to actually have this type of a relationship, right? We don't see a relationship like this very often where the purpose of it is to know and serve God. Where the guy loves the woman so well that he's willing to give up everything and anything for her. Where the woman is willing to trust him and respect him. 
I mean, this is not stuff we see all the time. We see a lot of fighting. We see a lot of selfishness. We see a lot of just messed up stuff in relationships. I mean, that's basically what half of the reality shows on TV are based on. Bad, messed up relationships. That's the whole reason soap operas exist. I don't know if any of your parents watch soap operas. I know my mom was watching soap operas when I was growing up. Days of Our Lives was her jam. We got a fan over here. (laughs) So the whole reason any of that stuff exists is because relationships are messy and they're messed up and people can get really in their feelings about them and get really selfish in them and they can get really dysfunctional really fast. So how are we supposed to have this kind of relationship we're talking about? So tonight is about that. How do we do that? So we're going to read a few verses to get us, get us going in the right direction. Imagine that. We're going to look at the Bible. We never do that here, do we? Every single night we do that. Okay. Um, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Okay. This is like, this is amazing. Okay. This is, this is one of the best nuggets of wisdom that you can take away from tonight is this right here. Okay. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So this idea of guarding your heart. So take that, lock it away. Now let's read the next verse. Song of Songs, also known as Song of Solomon. Chapter eight, verse four. Now this phrase pops up three different times in this book, but I took this one because it was the easiest to understand and it was kind of the most concise. And it says, daughters of Jerusalem. So this one's to the ladies. I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. So don't go getting into some crazy, intense relationship until God has got that for you, until it's time. Don't go just pursuing these super intense relationships just because. Wait until it's time. Let's read another one. Matthew chapter 5, verses 27, 28, and 29, okay? This is Jesus talking. Maybe you've heard of him. He's the son of God. He's what the entire Bible is about. He's who the entire Bible is about. But specifically, we hear a lot about him in the New Testament. And so he is teaching, and he's in what is called and considered his best like sermon ever. And he's talking about relationships, and he starts to talk about this in verse 27. He says, you have heard that it, it was said, you shall not commit adultery. What's adultery? It's where you cheat on somebody that you're in a relationship with, okay? Don't do that. You probably all have heard that before, right? Don't cheat on the person you're dating, or married to especially. That's just not, not cool. No one likes that. It's frowned upon, um, unless you're watching Days of Our Lives. So, uh, do not commit adultery, Yes, everyone's heard that. Great. Okay, verse 28. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully or a man lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart or her heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into H-E-L-L, into hell. So what is that saying? Well, we get this first verse that says, guard your heart, right? Then we read the second verse that says, hey, don't awaken love until it so desires, until it's time. And then we read this verse about don't cheat on somebody, duh, but then don't even look at someone else and think about cheating on somebody. Because when you do, you have. Would you agree there's power in what you think about? 
Like you could even think about, let's just say you're hungry, right? You're, you're hanging out in class. You're like, man, I can't wait till lunchtime. You start thinking about food you like and you could almost taste it in your mouth and your mouth literally starts to water. You know what I'm talking about? When you have that kind of a craving, why did your mouth start to water? Because of what you were thinking about. What you think about is powerful, man. It has an effect on you. And so Jesus is saying, hey, you don't even need to physically cheat on someone to cheat on someone. Your thoughts are that powerful. Your thoughts matter that much. So if you have thought about cheating on someone, then you've cheated on someone. So what does he say? Well, he goes further. He doesn't say, hey, just don't think about doing stuff like that. He's saying, hey, if something causes you to have thoughts that you shouldn't be having, get rid of the thing that's causing you to think those things. He uses the analogy of an eye. If your eye is causing you to stumble, if you see something that's causing you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. Now, is he literally saying gouge your eyeball out and throw it away? Maybe, but probably not. Probably not. So let's not go gouging our eyes out. Um, Because odds are a lot of guys in here would be blind. So let's not do that. Um, We're not going to actually gouge eyes out. But we do need to eliminate temptations to think things that we don't need to be thinking. Not just in relationships, but with anything. Like if your temptation is to steal things that you want... It's probably not a good idea for your friend to put something you would want right in front of you because you're going to steal it. Like, just don't put yourself in situations where you're going to be more tempted to do the thing that you're trying not to do. In this example, if you're tempted to think about cheating on somebody, don't put yourself in places where you're going to see things that are going to make you want to cheat on somebody. To guard your mind, guard your heart so that you can be protected from having these kind of thoughts. You with me so far? Okay, so all these verses are pointing us to the need for guards or boundaries in our life to keep us from going off the rails and making relationships into something that they were never meant to be, which is a replacement for God. That's what a lot of us will struggle with with relationships. We'll get into a relationship and it'll be so awesome at first, right? And, and maybe you've never experienced this, but whenever you get into a relationship, the beginning of a relationship tends to be like the, the most emotionally charged, like, oh, it's so awesome. Like the beginning's the best. No one could do any, anything wrong in the first part of the relationship. Like the person that you like could literally like smell like poop and have boogers all over their face and you would still be like oh they're so hot (laughs) like you wouldn't care because the beginning of a relationship you're just blinded by love and those feelings of affection and and just digging their chili it's a phrase i use every once in a while it means you like somebody it's not weird i promise and if you don't like chili i'm sorry that might be offensive um so in the beginning of a relationship, all, like nothing matters about what the other person does practically because you're so enamored with the other person. And then the relationship continues and you start to get closer. And then sometimes relationships can get elevated in your heart and in your mind to this place 
where they're above everything else. This girlfriend, this boyfriend. And ultimately, they've taken the place of the only person that should be in that spot, which is God. And when a relationship is in that place, it's very dangerous for both of you in the relationship. Because now the person that you're living for is who? It's the other person. It's not God anymore. You are no longer living for the one who made you and the one who loves you and the one who knows everything. You're now living for the person who is as messed up as you are. Another person. And on top of that, it's another person that you like and that you could almost not see them doing anything wrong, even though they do, because they're people. And so when we elevate relationships that high, it puts us in this real dangerous place of doing things we never would have done before, right? Because we're not living for God anymore. We're living for this relationship. The relationship is king. The relationship's number one. It's the most important thing. So if that's the most important thing, everything we do will be dictated by that thing. So it will consume our thoughts. It will consume our actions. It will consume our text messages, our data plans, our Instagram. It'll be everywhere, man. That's what we will be about. And so these these boundaries and these guardrails, these things that these verses are speaking to, are all meant to help keep us on this path to life that God's calling us to, where we're staying focused on him and we're moving towards him while still experiencing relationships and still having relationships because God made them. It's not like he's saying, thou shalt not have relationships. He didn't say, he made them. He wants you to have them. He just doesn't want you to make it a bigger deal than it's meant to be. And so if we want to have the kind of relationships we've been talking about the past two weeks, and we don't want to elevate a relationship to this place, this high, higher above anything else in our life, and, and even above God, then we've got to have some stuff in our life that keeps relationships where they're supposed to be. And to where we're operating in a relationship the way that we should be operating. We're fulfilling our role in the relationship. We're allowing the relationship to be what it's meant to be. And not what we turn it into, or that we maybe want to turn it into. So, this is the importance of boundaries. This is why these verses are speaking to this. And this is the point of what we're talking about tonight. So, there's several areas in a relationship that can actually get us off track. And I've kind of spoken to a few of them, but let let me highlight just three, okay? Our emotional connection to this other person can start to skew our emotions towards everything. Like it can affect everything. Like, have you ever heard somebody describe a relationship and they're like, I'm in love. Like the sky is bluer. (laughs) The grass is greener. Even you don't annoy me as much. Like everything's better because of this other person, right? And it's because of this emotional high that goes on when you get in a relationship. And, and even the emotion of the other person feeding your emotion and vice versa. So the emotional connection that we have with other people is real. And it's not always a bad thing. But it can get to a point if we accentuate it too much or put too much emphasis on it. 
to where it becomes an unhealthy thing and a bad thing. It starts to alter everything. So even though some of the things can be good where you're like, oh, everything's better now. I mean, that can be a good thing, but it can also blind you to some things that are actually going on and what's actual reality. And so that's one area of relationships that can kind of skew us and throw us off. But when we get too much into our relationships or elevate relationships too high in our life, it also messes with our identity. Now, I don't know if you've seen anybody get so much into a relationship that, that, that that's become everything their life is about, like who they are. Like for me, it could be, I just think of myself as April's husband. Like that's who I am, you know? That could be my whole identity. Now, if that's my whole identity, that's who I am, what happens if I'm no, like, let's just say, God forbid, do not want this to happen whatsoever, but something happened to April, right? And she's not around anymore. If my identity is I'm April's husband, and then April's, for whatever reason, not there anymore, who am I now? No one. I'm nobody, because I was April's husband. Now I'm not April's husband. Therefore, I am now blah. Nothing, like no one. So we have to be careful with the relationships to not make our identity about relationships, about this other person, about being this other person's boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance or even husband and wife. Because that's not ultimately who we are. Ultimately who we are are children of God. We've been made and created in his image. We're loved by him. That is our ultimate identity. And when we come to know Jesus, we become his children. And we can know him forever. So that's who we ultimately are. So in a relationship, we can't get so wrapped up in it that that's our identity. Next thing is our desires. In a relationship, you start to desire to give this other person things that would make them feel happy, right? Like gifts. Take them out to dinner. Buy them food. You might want to like show them that you like them so you hold their hand and your palm's sweaty so you wipe it off first and then you hold their hand. You might actually start to wear deodorant because you don't want to stink. Maybe it's Axe body spray. I don't know what it is, but you do something because you care about them and you want to give them something. But there's these desires in a relationship. And you can get so wrapped up in these desires, either your desires or their desires, whatever they are. Whether they be affectionate physical things or like gifts type things or time. But you get so wrapped up in these desires that you start to lose perspective of if any any of these desires are even good. If they're okay. If you have any money left. Like there's all these things that you just kind of forget about because it's just all about the desires that you have. And so we got to be careful of that. Because it can get really dangerous really quick and get really unhealthy really fast. So all these things can mess us up and get our relationships off course and cause us to lose sight of Jesus ultimately. So let me read you this verse. And this is, again, Jesus talking in Luke chapter 12. And then we're going to look at a verse in Matthew that helps us understand this. It says, Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard. There's that on your guard idea again. So guard yourself. Against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Anybody know what yeast is? Yes, sir. 
Stuff that you put in bread to make it rise, 100 points, you, you got it right. That's exactly what yeast is. It's something you put in bread to make it rise. It's something you use to bake with. So how in the world does that make sense? Guard yourself from bread. What? What are you talking about, man? I thought Jesus was the bread of life. Now you're saying avoid bread. Confusing. All right, let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 12. It says, Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So it's not yeast you actually are looking out for. I don't know if you know this about Jesus. He uses parables a lot where he uses one word and like picture about something, but he's really talking about something else. That's what he's doing here. He says, guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What is that? The teaching of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Well, what is that? Well, they were all about the outward appearance. They were not about the heart as much. And so we've already talked about guarding your heart. And then we see Jesus saying, guard yourself against these teachings, these things that can sidetrack you in life, these things that can be all about the outward appearance. And in relationships, you can get all about the outward appearance, how you look to the other person you're in the relationship with, how the relationship looks to everybody else outside. We have to guard against that stuff, Jesus says, because we have to guard our hearts. They are meant for him above anybody else. And so I think of it this way, okay? And we'll end with this illustration. I think of it, I mentioned a path and a road earlier, right? So picture a road and you're driving. And this is you on the road of life, right? You're riding down the road. The car is getting you to your ultimate destination. Now, you're following Jesus on this road. This is the road that Jesus has laid out for you. It leads to life. It leads to God. It leads to to everything he's called us to. Now, As you're driving on this road, you'll look around and you'll see, oh, hey, there's rocks on that side. And there's some lines that are that are on the the left and the right of me. Um, There's also a line in the middle here uh, to kind of let me know where to stay. There's also some guardrails on the left um, to keep me from going off the cliff. Uh, And then there's also these signs that pop up every once in a while telling me how fast to go or to stop, things like that. So I'm seeing all these things as I'm on this road in life, heading towards what God's got for me and what he's led me towards. So at some point on this road, you're going to get to a stretch of road that's going to be a relationship. God's got a relationship for you. You get into the relationship. You're cruising. And you're like, oh, hey, I got an idea. This would be awesome. Let's do this thing, whatever that thing is. And you kind of veer off the path a little bit. Now, if you veer left on this road and there's no guardrail there, what's happening? It's a bad day. Your journey will stop. Um, Now, If you head right, what's going to happen? You're going to literally run into rocks, like the side of a mountain. Um, So if you don't stay in your lane, what could happen? 
you could head on into another car. So there's all these things, these boundaries that you, you need to like take advantage of. Otherwise, something bad is going to happen to you and the person that's with you in this relationship. Otherwise, it will stop your journey. You will get sidetracked from what God actually has for you. Life that you are meant to experience, this awesome relationship you are meant to experience, you won't actually get to experience it because you're gonna get derailed and your journey will stop. That doesn't mean you physically die. Probably not. But does it mean you spiritually die? You might not be experiencing the spiritual life God's calling you to for sure. And so these guardrails help us to actually experience the relationship God meant us to in the way he meant us to, and they ultimately protect us. They're not meant to, hey, you guys can't have fun and actually love each other. You guys can't actually like each other the way you want to. You guys can't actually show each other that you like each other. That's not what any of this is about. It's not, hey, you can't have a boyfriend or girlfriend. That's not what any of it is about. It's about, hey, in this relationship, these are what God's called you to because this is the best way to actually experience the relationship, to know each other and to ultimately know me. And so like he says in Matthew 5, man, if there's something that keeps you from that, you need to get rid of it. You need to put up a guardrail, a boundary in your life to keep you from going down that path because it isn't the path to life. It's not where God is leading you. If there's anything that's sidetracking you from that, you need to put up a guardrail on that. You need to look at the boundaries God's already set up for you in those things. And you need to do it before you're in a serious relationship. Because it's really hard to put up boundaries once you're already in a serious relationship because it changes things. And so we need to put up these boundaries now in our life to help us whenever we get into a relationship so that we can have the best relationships possible. One that isn't selfish and that isn't all about us, but it is all about the kind of love that we find in Jesus. That's the point of the boundaries God puts up for us. That's the point of the boundaries we would put up for ourselves, hopefully. These things that keep us focused on him and moving more into our relationship and understanding of him. Because when we understand him more and we understand his love more, guess what? We're able to love other people more. We're able to love other people better because we're able to do it in the way that he does it, which is perfect. So let me pray for you guys and that you guys would take these conversations of boundaries further into your small groups. Maybe even start to come up with some boundaries for yourself going forward for whenever you get into a relationship later on in life. And so let me pray for you and then we'll, uh, Tyler's gonna come out and give us a few announcements and then he'll send you out to groups, okay? God, thank you so much for the fact that you love us enough to help us to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. to help us to have boundaries in our life, not just in life, but also specifically for things like relationships. And so I just pray for each one of these students as they get into their groups and each one of these leaders as they have conversations tonight about the boundaries you would have for them to help them to experience relationships in the best way possible. And in ways that would help to keep you as the number one relationship in their life, God, and keep the other relationships in their life in the right spot, the right perspective, and to be experienced in the right way. 
So God, we trust you with this. We give you all of this and just pray for a great time of group conversation later on. In Jesus' name, amen.